Are you tired of the cast? Are you sick of its casty ways? Well then, kill the cast. Are you having trouble in the bedroom? Is your wife tearing down your confidence and your manhood on a daily basis? Are your kids the bastard children of other men? Well then, what are you waiting for? Kill the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the cast. When you can no longer stand exotic, ravishing women approaching you in the street looking for a good time. When those bi-weekly infant blood transfusions simply aren't enough. When your parents just don't understand. It's time to kill the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the cast is the viable, safe alternative to injuring the cast, hurting the cast's feelings, or merely poking the cast with a stick. Why bother to leave the cast alive when you can kill the cast? Kill the cast is vitamin rich and is part of a high protein, low carb and low sugar diet. It's also calorie free, diabetic friendly and recommended by 10 out of 10 dentists. Kill the cast. Kill the cast. Kill the cast. I'm Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor part of the Horrorphilia Network of Horror Podcasts, and I approve this message. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and as always, with me is Jay. To die, to be really dead, that must be glorious. Well, the path of glory leads to nowhere but the grave, Jay. So, speaking of graves, the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth, is also here. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. No one's asked me that today. Thank you. Because we don't care about you. I well, do. damn. Anyway, I just want to say a huge shout out to Mr. Watson of Horror Corridor for our lovely intro. Um... That had me dying with laughter, and I'm, I'm stoked that he did that for us. So thank you. Check out Horror Corridor, part of the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts. And without further ado, Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I found out the store I worked for is closing, so that is depressing. But on the lighter side of things, I saw Get Out, which was a fantastic, tense thriller from beginning to end. Uh, I'm very impressed with Jordan Peele. And him not relying on his comedy roots to make this movie. He made an actual straight horror movie. And I just can't wait to see what he does next. I, I've i heard only good thing. I have not heard a single... Ne- well, I've heard negative things, but it's like, this movie is anti-white people. And I'm like, great, I'm anti-white people. Can we... Let me watch this. Um, but I just love yeah, the whole just... idea of a racist Stepford Wives. That's, that, yeah, I think the idea behind it is going to be just it's great and i can't wait to see it i really can't (laughs) so that's all jay's been doing kenneth for the most part yeah well i mean that's good enough you saw get out that's way more than what i've done kenneth what have you been up to (laughs) i'm just working um i finally watched uh i get well i don't i don't want to say i finally i gave the first Cloverfield movie another watch and the first time I watched it I really wasn't that impressed but I needed that second watch because I really enjoyed it the second time around some movies you just need a second watch like 
I just did a second watch of Scanners. We were all talking about that earlier today, and uh, I just never realized. Like, I still like Scanners, but I just never realized that movie just feels like it's missing something. Like, there's part of the story that, like, there it just seems like there's a lot to get into that they just do not get into. And so I want to look at the the sequels, but I know Cronenberg had nothing to do with them, so that's got me worried. Uh-huh. And I'm actually kind of curious, so if you do watch the sequels, I want to know. Uh, but incidentally, watching Cloverfield put me on a drive to search through Hulu, and so I'm just finding all these movies that look interesting because I find the movie and then I watch the trailer and it looks really interesting. Incidentally, I just come across this one called Black Water that I think you should watch, Jerry. It's about people forced to fight for their lives with a hungry crocodile. Hey, I do like hungry crocodiles. Yeah, you should watch it. Oh, I'll, I'll look at it. Anything else you've been doing, Kenneth, besides watching Cloverfield? Uh, No. <laughs> I haven't really done much of anything. I started playing Dying Light. I mean, that's an you know that's a older game for the PS4, but I started playing it and it it looks pretty cool. I, I started, mean, I hadn't really got that far. I started playing the Berserk game that just came out for PS4, and it's it's dope. Nope, you don't like modern games. You're not allowed to enjoy it. Hey, Jay, let me let me tell you something about modern games. Okay, they suck. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had to actually, you know, what? I didn't even have to wait like very long for the install and download on this game. I was really surprised. This took an hour and a half for dying life. Jesus, what is wrong with you? Ugh. And I, shit, I got my shit hardwired in, and it took an hour and a half. I was like, damn. Wow. That's dying all light's those, good though. All those updates and and shit from when it came out last year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I really want to play that new Resident Evil Biohazard though. That shit looks badass. Oh yeah, Reese got to play a little bit, a little bit of it uh, through VR while we were on vacation, and uh, it looks pretty cool. It looked uh, th- there was a, a scene where that it very much looked like a dinner scene at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. I saw that. I saw a, a video of that gameplay online, man. Yeah. That's what actually made me want more to play it. So, so I just got back. Uh, well, I got back last week from uh, vacation, and uh, while I was on vacation, I picked up a lot of movies. I have put myself in debt for deals. I got the limited edition uh, Creep Show Two by Arrow, which is the red slip cover with the comic book, and I got it for thirty dollars. Which most places right now are selling it. The cheapest I've seen it is like sixty. But I've seen it all the way to like ninety, hundred dollars, because it's obviously already out of print for the special edition. Um, I got the Hellraiser Scarlet box, which is oh my god, so impressive! Like it is so pretty. Like I need to do a video where I just show the box and the contents off. Well, you should have. <clears throat> well, I really want it. I haven't I haven't had much time to do anything, which is why we're doing Dracula and not uh, Alien versus the Thing. I want to hear That's your true. excuses. Yeah, I have a lot of excuses. I also walked into a pawn shop where they were like, "Oh yeah, all our Blu-rays are on sale for two dollars each," and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm buying a shit ton of Blu-rays." I bought 26 Blu-rays, and then when I got to the register, they were like, "We're having a President's Day sale. Reach in the bag, and you could pull out a coupon for five to twenty percent." And I'm like, all right, I'll get it because, I mean, I'll probably end up getting 5%, but whatever. Nope, 
So I walked out of there with 26 Blu-rays for $35. Nice. That's awesome. I'd say my best pawn shop find movie-wise is I found the Blade Runner like super collection with every cut of the film on Blu-ray for $5 because it didn't get marked as a box set. Nice. Nice. Very cool. I wonder what has more like versions of it, Blade Runner or Dune? I don't know. I've never actually seen Dune. You've never let the spice flow? You nope. fucking failed. No Dune movie? You didn't even see that long ass fucking remake that that will. It's no, nope, I haven't seen book. Dune. I haven't seen Children of Dune. I haven't seen whatever was on Sci-Fi Channel. That's it. Dune and Children of Dune. Those were on Sci-Fi. Well, that's and then the original Dune. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, speaking of sad things, Bill Paxton <laughs> died. Why did you just laugh? The fuck is wrong with you? Put that. We're talking about how the fact that he hasn't seen Dune, and you're like, and speaking of sad things. Anyway, I'm sorry, I found that amusing, but uh, the next part of it isn't. Bill Paxton died uh, from complications from surgery Saturday. I don't know what that is either. What? That's like the funeral, you know? Yeah, people die. Is it? Uh. Yeah. I gotta stop trying to get late at funerals. Anyway, so um, Bill Paxton died, and we just wanted to go over like some of our favorite moments. I posted on Facebook today that I was like, I just realized that like the three like big movies he's known for, I don't like. Well, no, I would say I don't like two of them, and one of them I think is just okay. Which what what, okay. what? I don't like Terminator. Um. I don't. Well, that's fine because he's not really known for Terminator. He's in the first like ten well, minutes. Well, everyone it. brings up how he was killed by the Terminator and Alien and a tornado a and a predator. Yeah, predator. Yes. Um, so but I just, that wasn't a Bill Paxton movie. We're okay. Not talking twisted Fair enough. here. Okay. Well, I'll change it out with Apollo thirteen. That movie sucked also. And well, I've never actually seen that. Titanic sucks, and uh, I I don't actually. Aliens 2 is okay, or not, Aliens is okay, I like it, but I would every day rather watch the first one. Game over, man. Game over. Game over, man. I can't, when it comes to between those two, I'd rather watch the first one, too, even though I love Aliens, but I'd rather watch the first one, too. I'd rather watch Alien Resurrection. Hmm. Oh, good for you. I'm kidding. That's a lie. No, you're kicked off the show. Get the fuck off. (laughs) That's Jesus. a lie. I do like Aliens but, more than Alien, though. I could see you liking Aliens way more. I do. I grew up watching different movies with Bill Paxton in it, and the fact that he's not going to be around anymore to do anymore really, really sucks. Because well, he's he's got know, like, like two movies that haven't come out yet that he's filmed, but, and a but TV either, series. But either way, man. I mean, it's like. You know, I mean, all the celebrities that we lost in 2016 and now we're, you know, it, you know, we just lost another one. I mean, I, I don't care what either one of y'all say about Twister. I fucking love Twister. Oh, I, I love was, Twister. What? I thought it was a great movie. You're you know? fucking high. Yeah, it's it, a good it destruction good. movie, man. Come yeah, on it now. was good. It was a good, fun ride, man. I really, really liked it, you know. And then on top of that, you know, tornadoes, I think, are just cool as shit anyway. So... I, I I really enjoyed it, and then uh, we were we talked about Frailty earlier. Man, Frailty was a fucking phenomenal movie. Frailty is amazing. 
Um, it's very original. You don't see the twist coming. You don't really know what's going on. Bill Paxton is amazing. I can't believe Jerry hasn't seen it. I knew you yeah, were going right? to say some shit. Yes, I haven't <laughs> seen Frailty. I've never even heard of this movie. In fact, like I was looking, I was thinking, what were my two favorite Bill Paxton movies? Uh, Predator Two, obviously, because Predator Two is better than the first Predator. Um, and uh, Club Dread, because who doesn't like Coconut Pete? Club Dread was fucking hilarious. Club Dread was funny. I'm so happy that uh, Super Troopers Two just finished getting made. I thought his I thought his character in True Lies was pretty funny too. Do either one of y'all remember that? Well, I know Jerry probably doesn't, but I, Jay, I, do you I remember know. True Lies? Oh yeah, he's the car salesman. <laughs> right, he's the one. Yeah, the that's trying to be. To be a spy. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jerry, you suck for not liking action movies. Right. He was it's also so in. Good, um, he was also in nope. Weird Science. Was he? Right. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was Chet. Oh uh, yeah, it's been so long since I watched Weird Science, but you're right. Yeah, he was the dick. <laughs> he was the dick. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. Um. But I think my first, my first big introduction to him that I can remember throughout my adolescence was Alien. Yeah, Alien's, his character in Aliens was hilarious too. Yeah, Aliens by far was was my introduction. I I feel like a lot of people like if if someone was like name a Bill Paxton movie, like ninety percent of people are going to say Aliens. Aliens, yeah. Twister, and Frailty. Those are my top three. Fuck Twister. Or he has a big role. Well, Twister was so good. I'm gonna have to watch Frailty. I, I it's Kenneth. You said it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna track it down on Blu-ray. It's on my list. I've I've started a list of movies that people tell me I should watch. Um, well, I'm gonna make us record it for the show, and then you're gonna have to watch it. I That's got lucky. True. I came across I came across it in the uh, the seven dollar bin in uh, Walmart. Oh well, hopefully it's still cheap on Amazon. I'll pick that up. Um. Does anyone have anything else they want to say for Bill Paxton? Um, I did add. I actually I added Frailty and Twister's Blu-rays to my list this morning. Uh, let's see. Frailty is a $5 Blu-ray right now uh, with a qualifying purchase over 25 on Amazon. Dope. Uh, I'll, I'll probably sweep it up next paycheck. Should. Um, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it. It is. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> I will. I have to, because uh, Jay, you said it first, and then um, Mr. Watson from Horror Corridor agreed with uh, Jason Lloyd, who runs Horophilia and does the Bloody Bits podcast. He also said frailty is is the way to go, and Watson confirmed it. And I'm like, well, if, if Jay said it, and Jason said it, and Watson said it, then they all three can't be wrong. Maybe two of that. I just assumed that it was such a good movie that you had seen it. Like it, the fact that you didn't even know like, that it existed was even worse. Like like Rocky Four. Huh? Huh? What? what? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, speaking of aliens, Alien Covenant is coming out in May. The trailer that came out looked amazing, and they dropped a little uh, five minutes. Uh, Prologue is what prologue. they're calling it. I was about to call it an epilogue, which is at the end of a movie. That would be incorrect. I know. I, I just do things incorrect. That's just how I do it. That's, that's me on a daily basis, Jay. 
That's true. So we uh, just Jay bullied me into why I wasn't going to watch it because I didn't want to know anything about the movie. I was trying to stay away from it. But uh, Jay told me if I didn't watch it, uh, no more blowjobs. So here I watched it. Um, but since Jay, you recommended it, take first swing at this. Tell us what you think. Um, I don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of the alien universe. It's been a long time since I've watched all the movies. I watched one and two when, uh, alien isolation, the game came out to refamiliarize myself with, with the world. Um, I haven't seen Prometheus since I watched it in the theater, but I know that this movie is going to bridge Prometheus and alien together. So that's good. Um, we saw, what is his name? Michael Fassbender's Android in the uh, the prologue, The Last Supper. Yeah, I, guess I was very should... surprised to see Danny McBride and James Franco. Like, uh, is this is this a comedy written by Seth Rogen? I well, was. <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, so <laughs> it took me by surprise. I guess we should have said uh, the the clip Last Supper is basically them enjoying their last supper, the crew enjoying their last supper before they go into uh, cryogenic sleep. Um, right. Sorry. And, yeah, well, well, I don't know why we didn't say that, because there's probably people that haven't seen it. So there's really no spoilers in this. All you learn is a little bit, it just kind of familiarizes you with the crew, which is really good, because, like, Jay did not realize Danny McBride was, I, didn't, I knew Danny McBride was in it. I did not realize Franco was in it. I don't know why. I, I, I knew Michael Fassbender was in there, and I knew Danny McBride was in there. But I well, didn't... What's funny is James Franco, I think, has excellent range and would do fine in this kind of movie. Danny McBride is always the funny guy. I don't think I've ever seen him do anything but be funny. So it just kind of took me by surprise to see both of them together. Maybe, he's the, maybe, maybe he is the Bill Paxton of this movie. He is the oh, comic oh, relief maybe. of this movie. Maybe. But does he have, like, that badass auto gun, or whatever the hell it's called? Uh, he has a cowboy hat, so I'm going to assume, yeah. Mm, that's it, true, he does have a cowboy hat. The cowboy hat probably came free with the gun. Probably has a cat, too. Uh, we can only hope. Well, um, see, it's difficult, it's difficult for me to think that there would be that, form, that, that type of uh, comedy relief. In, in a movie that's done by Ridley Scott, um, because he takes the Alien movies very seriously, uh, it, it it shifted a lot when James Cameron went into Aliens, and it shifted a lot. So I don't know because having James because I've seen a bunch of James Franco's movies, so seeing him, he can do you know Jay's completely right. He's got so much range, man, that he can do. I can't remember the name of the movie that I watched, but it was a very serious drama where he was young and he. He was like supposed to be this bad boy kind of deal, but he was fighting at the fact that he knew in the back of his head he was gay. And uh, it was fucking awesome. It was such a good drama. And then seeing him in shit like fucking Pineapple Express. So, you know, yeah. But uh, Danny McBride, man, I don't know. I find it difficult, like I said, to see his type of com his type of comedy in a movie like this. But you never know where Ridley Scott's going to go with it. Yeah, I, I trust Ridley Scott enough that if Ridley Scott put him there, then it's got to be okay. Plus, plus he, Danny McBride just got the okay to write the new Halloween movie from John Carpenter. I, I'm going to trust whatever John Carpenter says, period. 
Like as John fucking Carpenter. I would really like for Danny McBride, man. The thing about it is, is I he he he's one of those people that's kind of like he's one of those actors that's kind of hard to describe we see him as funny and so on and so forth but i know that they're even even past now that i know that he's got the okay to write the new halloween that you can tell when you look at this guy that there's got to be some kind of serious depth in there somewhere yeah i he blew john carpenter away and he said he wants it to take place right after uh the original halloween 2 so right. we'll see what happens. If I don't see a silver shamrock in there, though, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get back onto Alien Covenant. Um, my boy Jamal from Empire is is in this movie, and I did not know that, and that has made me 20 times happier. Except I'm probably going to cry when he dies because I, I love him so much in Empire. And uh, if y'all don't know who I'm talking about, it's it's the black guy eating the meatloaf. Him. Mm-hmm. That's, I do love Meatloaf. That guy plays Jamal on Empire, and he's he is a fantastic actor. He has blown me away numerous times with his acting on Empire, so I'm super excited to see him. Um, I really don't know the rest of the cast, but they all looked really good. They all had a lot of chemistry. I felt that uh, I would like it. Felt like a real crew to me. Um, and yeah, see, my dude, you got yours. Mine is Billy Crudup, man. I fell in love with that dude as an actor when he was in Almost Famous. And he was the I'm the Golden God guy from Almost Famous that jumped off the roof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that dude was good. Yeah. he's. I love that guy and everything he's been in since I saw Almost Famous. Yeah. So, I mean, this this little tasty treat got me a little bit more familiar with the crew. It didn't really spoil anything. Um, I am curious about the, the Franco character, the him being sick. Because right. there is one thing I, I am I'm kind of confused about. Okay, in the trailer, one of the chick calls someone else Captain, but in this they call Franco Captain, and that really threw me off. I had like when they called Franco Captain, I'm like I remember a scene, and I went and watched the trailer, and and the short hair black, uh, the short black hair chick, she calls one of the other people captains, and I just don't I don't remember which guy it was. It's not. Michael Fassbender, well, it's the more Italian face looking guy. Well, the movie is after they come out of cryosleep, isn't it? So we don't know what happens between now and then. Yeah, he may have not woke up. His sickness may have killed him. I mean, there's anything. I mean, shit, James Franco could be the only part of this fucking movie, only only part of it that he's in. He's going to play uh, Drew Barrymore from Scream, where he's in all the trailers and advertisements, and then he's in the movie for 20 seconds. If if he's not in anything other than just the prologue and then little bull, <laughs> little bullshit, you know, I mean, it could be anything like it's that. It's gonna be like the the chick from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Anyway, okay, but, so uh, but I I really want to see how the whole thing kind of goes together because obviously the planet the the planet that they're gonna colonize on has got to be what happened in Prometheus. Mm. You know, it's got to be because in Alien they see. You know the uh, the the thing that looked like a uh, that almost looked like a uh, a fucking cockpit or something with the really big guy in it in the in the original Alien movie when they go to the planet. So that's there, and so that means that these people, this crew, is going to colonize on that planet that took uh, with all the stuff that took place in took place in Prometheus. So you're so, saying they're going back to the Prometheus planet? Yes, they have to be. <laughs> okay. Hmm. And so, 
you know, but that means that there had to have been a lot of shit that has happened in the time period between Prometheus and now, because obviously, you know, all the crazy shit that happened in Prometheus, somebody had to have found out about it. But then again, it's been so long since I watched Prometheus. I can't exactly remember how it ended. I know that the droid was still alive, though. Well, uh, I believe at the end of Prometheus, um, a xenomorph comes out of the... What the fuck do big they call dude. them? Yeah, the big tall guys. What do they call them? What are their names? I can't remember. We just call gods. them the gods because that's pretty much what they are. No, they had a name in the f- original, and then they got a different name in Prometheus. Big, white, sexy, jelly guy? Big guys from Alien. I just think they're big, white, jelly, sexy guys. A bug. Big. Big. They're but, bugs? Like Starship Troopers? No. Stop it. What do you mean stop it? Is this Starship Troopers? Are we going to, is this linked to Starship Troopers? She did say something That's, about giant cockroaches in the, in the no, last supper. I found that, I found that funny, actually, because that was the first thing I thought was I thought about, uh, was it Starship Troopers? Uh, that was the first thing I thought about. Starship Troopers uh, versus Alien confirmed right here. Kill the cast, 2017. <laughs> right? You, you heard it. February 20, uh, what day? 26, uh, 922 at night you will you will he- hear it here first. Yeah, Starship Troopers versus Alien coming to coming to theaters. Yeah. You know, May of 2027. S- STVA baby. STVA. <laughs> I mean at that point we'll have holograms in the middle of our living rooms. Yeah, I want to see them fight it out in front of me. Don't ever let that- the Wookiee win. <laughs> but uh The concept of this, I think, is just... As much as I love the Alien movies, I fucking cannot wait for this to come out. I'm I'm with you. It looks super good. I I am... Sci-fi and horror, when it comes together and is done right, is one of the greatest things in the world, as we'll get into in our next episode. The Engineers. The engineers. Okay, yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. they're yeah. oh, they're Cenobites. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! What the the engineer Cenobite from the Hellbound Heart novel that I read thing? You're just trying to put all kinds of shit together, aren't you? <laughs> and they in the original movie they were called Space Jockeys. That's what it was. See, I knew it. Space Jockeys, engineers, Cenobites. It's yep. all the same. But but the point is is that so it's going to be because I fucking absolutely loved Prometheus. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. I've got the big badass box set of it. You know, it's got all the different versions and fucking eighteen hours of special features and shit. Uh, it, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I honestly, when when Prometheus came out, I thought that he was going to do a follow up sequel to Prometheus like directly. Because originally all the stuff was is that he wasn't going to do a direct uh, prequel to Alien before he did a sequel to Prometheus. So there was going to be three of them. But for, at some point in time down the road, he x that idea and just made this. Well, so it was supposed so. to be. I'm yeah, it was supposed to be Prometheus 2 and then Alien Covenant. Yeah, I like Prometheus. I like Alien. So I'm excited for it. Jay, do you have any last things to say about uh, Alien Covenant? No, I'm excited. Okay, sweet. Then let's get into our main feature. Today we are tackling 
tacky tackling ah fuck me i can't talk dracula from 1931 starring bella lugosi directed by todd browning it it had a release date of february 14th 1931 that's right valentine's day with an estimated budget of three hundred and fifty five thousand dollars i could not find a gross for it um so i $12. It made $12. It made $12 in 1931 on opening <laughs> night in Valentine's Day. That was eight theaters and, and 35 people went and saw it. For a nickel apiece. I have no idea if that math works out. Um, nope. I, I don't really care. It is obviously based off uh, Bam Stoker, Bam Stoker, Bram Stoker's uh, novel Dracula and also based off the stage play that uh, started on Broadway in 1927. In fact, Universal not only paid the uh, Stoker family, but they also bought the rights uh, from the screen from the writer of the play because they used some stuff from them. And three people who were in the play are in the movie. Um, the actors who play Dracula. Helsing and Dr. Stewart were all in the play as those same characters. So some info for you um, on that. Also, info, Todd Browning directed it. He did not give a shit about this movie. Um, everyone reported that he was fucking terrible on set, mostly because his like best friend had just died. Um, Lon Chaney had died in 1930. And Lon Chaney was who he wanted to play Dracula. And um, he just didn't want to be there. He didn't want to do this. He was in depression. So there you go. That's what that's that's how that all started. But anyway, this is you know, one of Universal's uh, earliest horror movies. There were a few before this. But this was their first bigger budgeted um, talking horror movie as most of the horror movies they done before this had all been silent so that is why you will notice yeah. it's uh, the talkie as they called them back then the talkies <laughs> i wish we still called them talkies hey jay you want to go to the talkie yeah anyway so um yeah that's why there's like really no music in this but in 1997 or 99 i can't remember which one they actually paid someone to do a score for this and uh it did not work I, I've watched it with the score, and it was, it was really not good. I think the uh, the silence of it made. I think it gave it the creepiness that it needed, because I really enjoyed the fact that there really wasn't a lot of music at all. Yeah, they yeah, s- that's actually one of the few things I did enjoy about it. Yeah, they said they didn't want to have Dick. music playing. Music playing constantly because they thought people were would wonder where the music is coming from when they're just standing in a house. Logic. We don't use that nowadays. Fuck that, logic. That, that's a, that makes perfect fucking sense, man. And I got a question that's for you. Great. Before we get into this, I, I I got a question. Okay. If you were in a movie, you would watch that movie, right? We talk about like if I was an actor. Yeah, if you were an actor and you were in a movie, especially as like one of the main cast, you would watch that movie, right? Probably. Uh, more than likely, if it was my first one, I don't know. I'd have to make my choice after that because I know some actors refuse to watch their own movies. Yeah, because like I was like I'm on two. Po- I'm on this podcast and I'm on Mary Children podcast. I listen to both podcasts when they're done and finalized and put out. 
I don't right. listen to this podcast. Why, why? Why don't you listen to this podcast? I hate the way I sound. But we I, I love the way you sound. It. And that's great. But I hate the way I sound. I have a very hard time even rewatching my my like quick two minute YouTube's videos that I make where I talk is it hurts. Sometimes I don't like the way I, I don't like the way I sound either. I, I feel like I sound like some fucking backwoods redneck from the trailer park or some shit. But <laughs> you know, I still I still listen through every one of our podcasts. Well, I uh, I don't like how I sound either. I think I sound just super loud and dumb and annoying. But not dumb. Not I don't, don't sound, sound dumb. dumb. No, no, just loud and annoying. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to bring this up because the actor David Manners, who played Jonathan Harker, he never watched this movie. He thought it was below him, and so he never watched the movie. He had to do the movie because in those days, Universal Studios, like most studios, you were contracting and you just did whatever movie they told you to do. So he had to do it. But yeah, he never watched the movie. And I was like, man, if I was in a movie, I'm watching the shit out of that. I host and edit this one, and I still listen to it when it comes out. That's good. I would probably watch my movies, depending on what they were. I know y'all would watch my movies. Y'all are good friends. I always look forward to your movies. My, yeah, my porn movies. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's okay, Jay. We tackled this because it was New Year, New Jay, and we wanted to get some Universal monster movies under your belt because you had never seen them. Um, Correct. You uh, for Creature from the Black Lagoon, you were pretty right down the middle, mediocre. You was like, it's not terrible, but I'll never watch it again. So, yep. how do you feel about Dracula? Uh, same, but a little less. Like it just, I just, I don't know, man. I can't get into these movies. The I've watched two of them now, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. They're just not entertaining to me. Have you tried getting a blowjob while watching the movie? No. I mean, I had oral sex with my wife before I watched it. I never <sighs> thought about during. Yeah, you got to do it during. You, you, nothing is better than Bella Lugosi staring at you, not blinking. <laughs> While you're getting a blowy, like for and by the way, if if you ever watch this movie again, pay attention to Bela Lugosi. He does not blink once while on film. In I this, noticed that in this movie, he does not blink. There's two things I that you that, and you, I love it. Yeah, there's two things you don't see in this movie: Bela Lugosi blinking or fangs. I I loved Bela Lugosi's performance. Oh yeah, Bella Josie is the best. Jay, I got a question for you. Yes. Sir. Would it be all movies from this era or just horror movies from this era? I don't know. I've only watched horror movies. I think it's the only movie I've ever seen from the thirties. Um last okay. time we had a similar discussion, the oldest movie I've seen that I've been entertained by was the original House on Haunted Hill. Okay, that was forties? Fifties? Late early fifties? And I watched the colorized version, if that makes a difference to anybody. Uh, I've watched both the colorized version and the black and white version. I prefer the black and white version, but it doesn't really affect anything, like, atmospheric-wise. Well, I had never seen it, um, and so I wanted to watch it. I think I actually watched that the first year I was doing the 
horror movie challenge that got us to do the podcast in the first place. Maybe you and should. And so I was like, let me watch something with Vincent Price in it. And it was the colorized version was just what was available on Hulu. So I watched it and I enjoyed it. That was entertaining to me. Maybe we should have you watch like some Akira Kurosawa black and white movies like Seven Samurai or no, Yojimbo and Sanjora. Seven Samurai is fantastic. Okay, so you I have something. That. I got I got something for him to watch. Watch a movie called Sunset Boulevard. It's a it's a fucking complete American Hollywood movie. It is three hours long and what it is, is nothing it? but the sun oh. setting on the boulevard. That's it. <laughs> I have what no idea. I've never seen it. I don't like gangster films. No, it's not a gangster not. film. It's a it's a movie about a guy who it, it, you would consider. I fucking hate saying this. You would consider it a thriller. Ooh, okay. Kenneth said thriller. Why, wait, why do you hate saying thriller? Oh, you've never had this conversation with Kenneth, have you? No. This is for a different day. We'll have this conversation no. a different day. Um, you All can right. also hear this conversation in our uh, the podcast we did, me, me and Kenneth did, for the last armadillo on the side of the road. One of the <laughs> things we talk about on there is genres and in our discussion of thriller. Thriller. Anyhow. Thriller. <laughs> This this movie is about a guy who breaks down, and the closest house that he goes to is like this big mansion, but it's kind of dilapidated. And the lady that lives there is kind of like a shut-in, but she used to be a big-time actress in Hollywood, and she's gone kind of crazy. Okay. Isn't that a Family Guy episode? It, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they pulled something off of it. But oh, it's, a da- it's, it's in black and white. And it is a damn good movie. Now, and see, it's, it's, this is this is what's funny. It's not the black and white that bothers me. It's not like the lack of effects. It's just something about these movies so far that have just failed to like pull me in and make me go, "Holy shit! I need to watch this again and again and again." Well, I, see, that's the reason uh, I why I want of, you to watch this. Why I want you to watch Sunset Boulevard because I want I want it's a little bit later. And the reason it, it, they made it in 1950, and the reason why I want you to watch it is because that'll give me a feel for if it's just the times that it came out, or if there's something more about specifically the Universal monster movies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I have a, I have a very hard time articulating it. Besides just saying that it's not it's not entertaining to me. And it might be, we kind of talked about this in Messenger, and it might be the fact that since I didn't start with horror until, like, with, until I, with 80s stuff, so the violence is, what I'm used to started with the violence already being pretty high up there, and then it just got more and more as I went on. Uh, I didn't grow up with these movies. I never watched them until last month when you had me watch one for the first time. So I have no... I have no emotional attachment to them. I have nothing but respect for them. I just want to make that clear. It's not like I'm like, these movies are stupid and nobody should like them. I have plenty of respect for what they did and them being responsible for the genre even existing. I just, I have a hard time being entertained by them. When did you start? What, how old were you when you got into horror? I don't know, 10-ish. Ten and you inches? started off with like, and you said you started off like slasher flicks and stuff. Yeah, like that. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, the original Gremlins, stuff like that. 
And see, I'm trying to put it together, man, because I didn't, I didn't, my first horror movies up until this point were not the Universal movies. I mean, I was probably, I was probably in my late, right around, right around nine or ten, maybe early, uh, early, earlier teens than that before I started watching the Universal monster movies. I didn't, the, the very first horror movie that I can remember watching, and I've said it before, was uh, Night of the Living Dead. That was one of the first ones that I can remember watching. I watched that. I, I watched and owned that and I'm entertained by it, but I think that's still 60s, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, like like the movies that I watched the most, you know, were movies that my mom had constantly watched. You know what I'm saying? At, at, at a very young age, like Jason. And, uh, you know, like my mom had a, had this real big thing for uh, um, Friday the 13th Part 6 and uh, Part 4. Those two, she watched all the time. Jaws, man. My mom watched Jaws constantly. Um, what else? Poltergeist. My mom watched the shit out of Poltergeist. Um, so it was things like that that I watched on a regular basis because my mom constantly watched them. It wasn't, like I said, I think I watched Night of the Living Dead right around when I was four. Um, but it wasn't until later on where I started, me and my dad really started getting into it, you know, um, which was probably around, you know, 10 or 11. So... I'm just trying to map it out to see if me and you kind of went on the same wavelength up to a point, and then both of us branched off a different way. Because me and you're right around the same age. Yeah. Okay, see, for me, like, I started watching, like, Jaws at the age of four. And, and from, like, five to ten, I watched a lot of Godzilla and dinosaurs, but... I also watched a lot of the Universal Monster movies, specifically The Wolfman. The Wolfman was the one that I watched over and over and over as a kid. Um, and I also watched a lot of the Friday the 13th movies, but primarily the edited versions of them that came on TV. Um, it wasn't now once I got to like 10 or 11 that's when I got to start seeing some more uncut stuff. I got to see Evil Dead for the first time and got into that territory. So I actually did watch the Universal Monster movies as a kid. Um, and that, and that But I've always been drawn to things that are way older than me, except in music. Uh, games, movies. Um, actually, it might just be games and movies. I have, I have a big thing... Um, for black and white horror movies and black and white sci-fi movies. I love them. I enjoy movies pre-1980s in those two genres. Um, and it, the only t- things I can think of is why it doesn't get to you, Jay, is they're a lot slower. They they work on so, they so hard on atmosphere, but the atmosphere for, you know, 1930s and 1940s is completely different than the atmosphere for, you know, the 1980s. Right, that's true. It's it's very sl- it's much slower movies, it's very dialogue driven. A lot of stuff happens completely And unfair. see this is this is what this is what confuses me because if you take all the aspects of it individually, there are movies I like that don't bother me. Black and white, I like Clerks, I like Sin City. There's plenty of black and white movies I like. Uh, lots of dialogue. I love Tate Blade. That movie is ninety-five percent dialogue. Um, and I just five percent kale. Five percent kale. Gluten-free. Five percent ball shots. Um, I just, 
I don't know. It's just everything together. You're right. They are a little bit slower, but I'm a big fan of atmosphere. I just, I don't know. It's just not enough to, I don't know. It's hard for me to explain. And we're just going in circles at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> Apparently. I'm actually enjoying the conversation. But, I mean, I think, I don't know, man. I mean, because, I mean, you really, if, if you really dive into it, you know, uh, and I don't mean just well, like the subject matter itself, but the atmospheres in general of each of each era. You know what I'm saying? Like you take the 80s movies and obviously the 80s movies were were a they were a complete product of their time, you know. Right. And and, and, and you know, the 80s themselves were fucking bright and colorful and vibrant and and and, and drug laden and, and, and so on and so forth. And you get past the 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 the, the hippie you know, uh, everybody love each other mo- movement. And then you get into the eighties where people start getting pissed off with each other and people are all jacked up on cocaine. And, and like I said, you had the bright colorful clothes and so on and so forth. So you had to, in the eighties, have things that have more of a punch. And I think that's the reason why slasher movies did so well is because they were, they were, they were right there. They were in your face, but also if you really look at it, they were carbon copies of everything else. And so, you know, you had movies like The Prowler and Friday the 13th. And, and the further you get into it, the more that each one of these sets of movies, I mean, fuck, they were putting out slasher movies every fucking Friday, new ones every Friday, two or three of them a month. So you you constantly had this had this thing to where it, it became clones of each other. And if you really if you really take the time to look at the 80s, that's a lot of what the 80s was, was people trying to either keep up with the Joneses or they were trying to be it, – it's really when the trend setting in America really started, you know, where you've got people trying to be – who's got the best clothes and who's got the coolest clothes and so on and so forth. And the same thing with movies. Who's got the best movie or who can, who can hold up to the next one or who can, uh, who can do whatever. And then on top of that, the Reagan era of money. You know, you've got people making these constant movies over and over and over again. And, you know, it's all about making money and being as good as the best person, as good as the last person or a little bit better. And and I honestly believe that's the reason why the 80s was the way it was and the way the reason why everything in the horror genre just kind of pushed that way forward to where, you know, you get into like Scream and so on in the 90s where people just started putting out urban legend and so on and so forth. It just the 80s started that whole thing of money and being like everything else and so i think that may be why you identified with it so much is because it was so just bam out there that's true it might be my adhd too yeah they were so crazy that just better for me don't you start quoting song lyrics on this show (laughs) have you oh i can't remember that this is off topic but there's a can't remember the name of the band, but there's a metal band that does a cover of that song, and it's fucking fantastic. Oh, it's metal. I probably haven't heard it. But you like, <laughs> like, you like that kind of stuff. I like hardcore. I don't like it's... metal. Hold on. Now I have I to love look it up. You, Jerry. Oh my god, I love you, dude. Uh, um. <laughs> I was How the fuck I, are we I, friends? I was just sitting here. I y'all want to hear a funny story? Like I don't know if, if this will even make it to the episode. Kenneth took me to go see a show, and it was Devil Driver. Uh, Devil Driver does a cover of that song, and it's fucking fantastic. 
I know who they are, but I've, I've, I, I don't care for them. But Kenneth took me to a show, and it was Black Label Society, Amon Amarth, and probably someone else. I don't, Kenneth, do you remember? No, I don't. Were they, were those two together? Was it BLS and Amon Amarth together? Yeah. That's a weird. No, actually, that's not a weird never combination. Never mind. I was thinking of a different band with black in their name. Yeah. So we go to the show, and I find out that downstairs is is a emo punk show going on, with. <laughs> With oh, I remember that. I yeah, remember that. with Halifax, yeah, like, Greeley Estates, and Medina Lake. Um, so I just start bouncing between the shows and end up spending most of my time downstairs at the punk show. And like, and it was dope because the lead singer of Medina Lake uh tried to stage dive off the speaker stack, and there's like ten of us. And he just he hit me and we hit the ground, but he ended up hooking me up with like a free CD and a free poster and they all signed the shit and it was awesome. But it, it was hilarious because Kenneth took me to go see Black Label Society and Amana Marth and I went to the Halifax Greeley Estates and uh, Medina Lake show downstairs instead. That was probably That's like funny. half the price of what the ticket cost. Amana mm-hmm. Marth is fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, caught... I remember I remember that. Yeah, so just to show you how much I'm not into metal. <laughs> Which is funny because hardcore the stuff you listen to in metal are not that far off. Uh yeah, I mean po- post hardcore derives from a mixture of the fast like raw punk sound but uses some of the like harder instrumentals and uh some of the stuff from metal but like there's also a lot of like like punk music was like originally was about playing it as fast and as hard as you can. Half these people didn't even know how to play and are seeing, they were just screaming. Yeah, um, that's true. But I, I've always liked the rawness of it, the energy of it. Cause you can ask Kenneth, like when he listens like lamb of God, I just get bored out of my mind. I just, it's because you, it's because you can't, it's because we're on two different wavelengths because you can't see it for the way I see it. Just like there's certain things that you listen to that I can't see it the way you see it. Yeah. And just like Jay can't see how amazing creature from the black lagoon is like we do. Right. And, and, but that's the thing about it. I mean, when you, when, when you're in a podcast or, or or amongst friends or whatever else, you're always going to try to figure out why somebody dislikes or, or only likes it halfway in comparison when you're all fans of the same thing. So, you know, it would almost like it would almost be like if all three of us were fans of just straight metal, but yet only one of us half assed like Lamb of God. It would be kind of strange. You uh, know? How is there a half ass liking Lamb of God? Like there should be no liking Lamb of God. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Back to movies. We can talk about how much I don't like Dracula. Okay, yes. So, Dracula. But that that, that was a good point, Kenneth, that uh, that does relate to this, of how some of us, we all like horror, yet there's some of us don't like certain subgenres of horror. Like, Jay, you said um, earlier when we were talking that you, um, you're really big into gore. Yeah. And... I'm actually not as huge into gore. I don't I don't care as much for gore. I don't like when they whip out and a kill is off screen, but I don't need it to be like extreme gore. And see, I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to gore. I don't need it to be extreme gore. Just over the top gore like 
gets uh, you hard. Ricky O, Ricky O, or Dead Alive, those kind of movies. I just they're like highly entertaining to me, especially when the effects are super cheesy. Yeah, Jay's over here like the- I watched the headshot scene in Maniac so I can come. <laughs> I mean, no, the thing I about put it in is- Serbian film and I get out of. Oh, okay, Let's- <laughs> Kenneth, you were saying. I was saying that movies like Dead Alive, the great thing about those is, like I said, I'm kind of halfway in the middle when it comes to gore. The the great thing about a movie like Dead Alive is the fact that it knows what it's doing and it's exploiting the gore for the hilarity of it. Oh, yeah. They're incredibly self-aware. Just like uh, shoot them up in the action genre. It's cheesy with a very thin plot, but it's incredibly self-aware. It knows what it is, and it doesn't take itself serious. But you know, but on the flip side of that, there there are these movies, man, that are trying to be so serious, but have this this it's it's this over uh, this over exploitation of the gore, and and to me, it takes me out of the movie sometimes. And for oh, the life of me, I can't yeah. think of a, a subject. I'll give you a perfect example, but there are movies that do that, and and so there's got to be that fine medium. I agree. I agree. And I kick ass for the Lord. Um, <laughs> I right? kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> okay, so That's like let's... City of the Living Dead. City of the Living Dead. That, that it had a lot of gore in it. And oh, the reason the why I'm, movie we did. That's, a, that's exactly the reason why I'm bringing it up. Uh, you know that that movie. It had the right amount of gore in it. It was serious, but it still exploited the gore. But it didn't overly exploit the gore. To the point of where it made it ridiculous. Because um, I really liked City of the Living Dead. I thought it was great. Um, but uh, which most Italian films are are, are, are are like that. You know, they don't overly exploit it, but it's there and it's in your face. And But there are others. Like, I've, I think a lot of times Americans have that, have that problem of over-exploiting the gore. Fair enough. Cotton. Okay, so let's let's get back into Dracula and let's let's talk about it. Um, so let's let's jump into uh, characters, acting, and character development. Um, I personally feel like everyone did a good job acting. Um, I didn't have any complaints for anyone's acting. The rubber bat could have done a better job. Personally, he really <laughs> didn't feel like he gave it his all. Um, but otherwise, I enjoyed that. I felt like I got to know. All the characters, the best. Uh, the, the, I got to know all the characters enough to enjoy the movie without having tons of backstory. And uh, my favorite character in this movie, and one of my all-time favorite just acting jobs ever, is uh, Renfield. I'd actually agree with that. Um, he's my favorite above all. Renfield, is, is a, his laugh is great when he's doing his dialogue about the rats. Rats. Rats rats like i'm just like tell me about these rats i i want to know did do they mate like that scene that he's describing where the the red mist comes in and and dracula opens it like the red sea and just thousands and thousands of rats are there like like i'm like man i really wish they could have filmed that yeah that would have been real cool um but I think I think his acting was superb. Uh, my favorite, my actual, my favorite scene in the entire movie was Renfield, and it's when they're looking down the steps at him in the boat. 
That is also my favorite scene in this movie. It was so fucking wicked, man. I mean, you're just you're looking down at him. I mean, that was fucking creepy, man. That actually, I was just like, it gave me the it, it gave me the gut willies because I was just like, man, he looks fucking wicked. Yeah, I remember when I watched it this time and I saw that I was like, like, I love that scene. For some reason, the Babadook came in my mind. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But yeah, you're and right. I because was both terrible movies. Well, uh, I'll give you the ending. <laughs> the ending of the Babadook is 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 pretty bad, but uh, I liked it before. Then the kid's annoying as shit, but he's supposed to be. I like I liked the Babadook. I thought it was good. I I agree with you. The end of it was kind of weak, but the rest of it was good. So yeah. So, uh, Jay, did yes. did you have any characters you especially actually really enjoyed? Uh, I liked Bela Lugosi's Dracula, and like you guys said, I liked Renfield. The rest of them I could take or leave. Uh, Van Helsing was eh. Um, maybe I missed it because I wasn't too into it, but as far as I know, they didn't really explain how he knew everything about vampires. He was just like an expert on them all of a sudden. Uh, he had been researching it for a while. They, they hint at his research for it, and he talks about how he's dedicated his life to... Uh, researching the more Stranger Things. Um, and I'll agree. I I could take or leave everyone else's acting. I, I think everyone did a fine job. But the o- only two people blow me out of the water. And Lugosi, I love his stance. I love his facial expressions. I love the movement of his fingers and hands. Like, he, the, like, he is so iconic as Dracula. That is crazy to me that technically he has only played Dracula twice for Universal. Twice. That's it. Dracula and then Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. That's it. And I gotta get, I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Was man. he other characters in other Universals? Because I thought he was yes, big he, in Universal monster he, movies. He also played Igor uh, in one of the Frankenstein movies. In the Frankenstein movie after that, he played Frankenstein. And surprisingly <laughs> enough... You know uh, when people do the Frankenstein thing and they do the hands in front of him walking? Yes. That is actually from Bela Lugosi's Frankenstein because that's Frankenstein with Igor's brain in there and he's blind at that point. And that's the, they, people imitate his walk. That is not the original Frankenstein's walk. That's not Boris Karloff's walk. It is Bela Lugosi's walk. And the, when people talk about the Igor, it's Bela Lugosi's Igor that people mimic. That's the Igor that people uh, know with the hunchback and the slight lean and the master and, and that kind of stuff. So it's when you really think about it, some of the most iconic things in horror, a bit from Dracula, Igor, to even Frankenstein, come from Bela Lugosi. Interesting. He was in a black cat. Oh, the black cat. Oh. I love the black cat. He... Belagosi also played other vampires. Um, there was a movie, uh, something of the vampire, and I can't remember what it is now. Where he played, uh, vamp- he played a vampire. He was also in White Zombie. Um, he's in the Devil Bat. Yep, he's in the Devil Bat. He's in uh, the Phantom Creeps miniseries. Which, uh, Jay, you like Rob Zombie, right? Uh, sort of. Okay, we're gonna pretend that you do. So, if you've ever seen any of his <laughs> stage performance, he has that big like robot with a monster face on stage with him. That's actually the monster from Phantom Creeps with Bela Lugosi. Mm. 
Jay's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, you fucking nope. idiot. I've seen Rob Zombie live once. It was at Ozfest. He's wearing a pink Rolling Stones t-shirt. Um, his dreads were cut, and he admitted to the local radio station that he was only doing the tour to promote, uh, I think it was Devil's Rejects at the time. Well, Devil's Rejects is probably better than anything that's ever happened at Ozfest, so I'm fine with that. Well, no, 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 I agree. Wait, wait, no, no, I don't agree. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> you tricked me. <laughs> oh, okay, so. Never mind, moving on. Okay. But but Bella Lugosi's definitely good at having that preternatural look. Yeah, Lugosi's yes. acting is so subtle. Um, and a lot of people in this movie claim, uh, say that his acting is a little overzealous. But keep in mind, he's coming from uh, years and years and years and decades of stage performance. So yeah, but on top of on top of that, you know, I mean, just like you were saying about other performances that he's done in other movies. I mean, Lugosi himself has influenced so many of the iconic looks that we know of for different characters, Dracula included, like the cape and the uh, and you know the the big medallion around the neck. Yeah, I like how by know, the way and the hair slicked back. We brought up all all the uh, Bela Lugosi movies. Did not name a single Ed Wood movie. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, okay, but, so. But my point is, is that, you know, it, even if he was a little overzealous, I mean, shit, the majority of the iconic things that we have for vampires and whatever else come from this movie and yeah. his other movies. So let's go into the next category now. Story, pacing, and atmosphere. Now, to me, the story, the movie looks great. Um, now, real quick, I just want to say... Um, for those of you who have seen the Spanish version of Dracula, which, Jay, um, I don't know how much you know about this. Um, I'm assuming probably nothing. Close to nothing. Uh, I know a little bit because during this last uh, Monster Madness with Cinemasker, he talked about it. Okay. So, the Spanish Dracula was shot on the same set using the same script, um, but it's shot at night. So, that movie technically, on a technical aspect, is much much more superior. Uh, the camera work is way better. It has way more moving shots. It just looks way better. But, I really don't care for the acting. Uh, but there are scenes that are really cool. Like, uh, do you remember when Helsing shows the mirror to Dracula? Yes. In the Spanish version... Dracula knocks that shit out of his hand with a cane. Like, he just goes hardcore. So good. Yeah. So, the Spanish Dracula, if you like Dracula, you will enjoy the Spanish Dracula. I think, I didn't didn't click it, but I think my Blu-ray that you guys sent me has the Spanish version on it. If it does, watch it. Because when it ended, it said... Like in the you know how at the end of the the Blu-rays it pulls up the special features. Yeah, it said Spanish version. Yes, you should have the Spanish version on there. It's it's really good. Like it, like if you want like if they could have had that cinematography and those camera shots with Bela Lugosi, I think the movie would have been uh, a bit more uh, attention grabbing. Because while I like the movie, I think it looks great. And to me, I do think the story is constantly moving the movie forward. It never seems to stand still to me. And every scene does seem like it matters. I don't feel like there's any 
fluff in this movie to me. Um, but the the cinematography from the Spanish version would have improved the American version so much. So they should have had the Spanish director yeah. with the American actors. Yeah, because he cared and Todd Browning didn't give a shit. It, I, I would honestly be willing to say that the cinematography for the Spanish version was a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, yeah, a lot of panning shots, a lot of a lot of moving shots. I mean, it, it looks well. it, it it looks more. It's it, it's got more of the of what you would see in the way that movies are filmed today. Yeah. So, Kenneth, do you feel like this movie has good pacing and that all the scenes matter and there's no fluff? Um, I think the movie's got really good pacing. I mean, it. it I mean, it. It moves right along. Um, the atmosphere, I think, and it was great. Like I said earlier, the, uh, the you know the lack of music, I think, really gave it that creepy thing. Story-wise, on the other hand, it it was strange to me because they changed things around, you know, or not really changed things around, but left a lot of the a lot of the key points from the from the actual book out of it. Um, you know, the there's actually really, one thing they changed from the book that I think they changed for the better. Um, in the book, Jonathan Harker is the one that goes and visits Dracula and it's never, right. and, and they don't do a good job of explaining how Renfield just becomes Dracula's slave in the, in this movie, they send Renfield and he becomes a slave and then they go back and it's just Jonathan Harker fighting against Jonathan Harker doesn't really do anything in, in this, uh, movie. And in the book, it's much bigger because in the book, also the ending of the book has them all going back to Transylvania because Dracula flees and they end up killing Dracula by just stabbing him and cutting him with knives. Right. And then you got the and then you got the whole they really don't don't focus in this movie, particularly of the real love for Mina that he has. Yeah, you know, I agree. They definitely make it look like it's just uh She's hot. I'm here. Right. You know, I was but... disappointed in the lack of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> God damn it, Jay. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, you can definitely see story-wise, you know, and I'm not going to go by anything else. You can definitely see by where story-wise, the one that uh, the one that we reviewed before is superior, story-wise. Not anything else, just story Uh Keanu Reeves-wise. I I, well, I disagree. See, the reason why the reason, in my opinion, but the reason why I say just story wise is because number one, we've already done a podcast on the other one, and then number two, I don't want to I don't want to compare anything else because of how how much of a fucking gap in time periods that there are. You know, I I Jay, you've seen the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula, right, from the nineties? That's. Yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Yes. Yeah, the one with Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure there's not another Dracula I missed somewhere. There is. In fact, uh, this Dracula that we just watched from 1931 is mm-hmm. uh, the fourth Dracula movie to be made. Uh, well, third or fourth, depending. The The first one was a Hungarian film that we we know we know existed, but it's lost. There are rumors that there was a German film made that we don't know if it actually existed and it's lost. And then, obviously, Nosferatu, the silent film, um, is, is the next one. And then Dracula is the fourth one. Gotcha. Um, so, 
Jay, did you like uh, Keanu Reeves' Dracula? Yes. Okay. Um, see, I while I think the movie is fun to watch, I think it's a mess story-wise, plot-wise, pacing-wise. It's, it's all over the place. It's been a very long time since I watched it, and I have it never is. watched it with a, with critiquing it in mind, so I'd have to rewatch it. To it, is, it is the 1990s version of Suicide Squad. All I know is... Keanu Reeves is my favorite person in Hollywood. Ooh, he's really bad in this movie. Even Keanu Reeves says he's bad. No, no, in that no, no, movie. no, no. That's fine. I said person, not actor. Oh, shit, my bad. So, okay, Jay, <laughs> how did you feel about the story and pacing and atmosphere for the 1931 Dracula? Uh, atmosphere was fantastic. Uh, the set design and Lugosi's acting did nothing but enhance all of that. And so I will give it props on its atmosphere. Um, story and pacing for me left something to be desired. It just, it didn't draw me in. It didn't keep me hooked enough for me to, I don't know, just care a lot about it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, uh, the next category we can kind of skip. Um, Special effects, kills, and gore. <laughs> we can talk about that fucking rubber bat, though. Yo. <laughs> I Yo. actually have it wrote down in my notes. There's really not any special effects except for Yeah, the there, there's bat. a rubber bat, which for the time you knew was going to happen. I will say this. I know, I know. I'm not going to complain too much about the rubber bat. So, but seeing it now, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> that's a fucking rubber bat on strings. Speak, I love it. Speaking of animals, though, I did think it was weird that there was an armadillo just hanging out in Transylvania. That's where armadillos hang out, bro. You know what? I only see them all on the side of the road, so I don't know. Oh, did y'all notice? All right, you remember at the very beginning of the movie where uh, Dracula is coming out of the casket for the first time? Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. Are you going to talk about did the bee? Yeah. The bee coming out the, of its coffin? Yeah. Yeah, I have that I, written down. I, that's where I was going. I thought that was so awesome, man. I, I That's where I was going because I when I saw that, I was like, that bee is coming out of a coffin just like Dracula. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Right? I thought it was so cool. Jay, did you notice that? I did not. Really? You really wasn't paying attention to this mm. movie. Oh, I do have an interesting thing that can kind of go in this category. Um, in uh, 1934, the production code started getting very strictly enforced. The movie got uh, re-put out, but with two big edits. And they're all audio edits. Oh. Um, when Rinhart, Rinhart, Rinfield dies, when Dracula kills Rinfield, his scream edited out. Then when, when Helsing kills Dracula, spoiler, Helsing kills Dracula, um, his moaning is edited out. So you don't even really know that Dracula died. Like you, you don't hear anything that they're reacting to. It's just silent. Now that would suck. The weirdest thing is, and I don't know if it's true, but I heard Kenneth. You might know Kenneth. Did you? You didn't. Uh, oh wait, no, you don't have the Legacy Collection. Apparently, <laughs> the Legacy Collection on DVD, and I hope they fix this for the Blu-ray because the Blu-ray for the Legacy Collection for this and the Mummy is about to come out on Blu-ray. Uh, apparently the their version of it, ha- audio wise, has those edits still in place, 
But if you listen to the commentary track, you can actually hear the yelling and moaning. Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I I thought I was like, what the hell? Um, But I don't have the Legacy Collection because I've got the same box set that uh, Jay has. So fuck that. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's really nothing to say special effects kill gore. So let's go into the, the the scare, the horror, the disturbing, which we might not have much to say he, here either. As a kid, it did scare me. Like, But like, keep in mind, I'm like five and six. And it's Dracula. Like, So it did creep me out then. But now, it, it's just not scary to me. None of the Universal monster movies are really scary to me. Um, cause I just see them as classic horror. It's an art to me. Um, and it just, it's like, there, I don't think there's any scares. I don't, I can see how people at the time would be scared, but no one's going to be scared of this movie. Now. I don't even think kids would be scared. They would be like, Oh, this is pussy shit. Come play five nights at Freddy's. Oh God, please. Can we just never bring that up? We're going to do um, a whole episode on it, Jay. It'll be you and Kenneth episode. <laughs> no, it won't be. It'll be just a Jerry episode. I, I'm He's never... just talking to himself. All right, my first solo cast. I'm 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 joining you, exploding heads. Okay, because I've been um, trying to figure out for the life of me why that shit is so popular. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, do y'all have anything to say, scare horror, disturbing wise, or is it pretty much? I will I say said? this: Lugosi's performance is incredibly creepy. Like you said, his unblinking stare, the way he moves his eyes, is is fantastic. His acting is his he makes that character creepy. So I'll give him props on that. Yeah. Fucking it, Renfield, dude. Yeah, Renfield has the one scene at the at the bottom of the stairs at the boat that is pretty terrifying. Uh he was creepy in the whole goddamn movie. That one that to me was the best his best part. But the whole damn thing, man, he was creepy. Yeah. So I loved it. All right. So favorite scenes. Uh, I, me and Kenneth already said ours. We share the favorite one. But I do want to add that I actually really like the silhouette of the dead captain holding on to the steering wheel. Do you call it a steering wheel for a ship? Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, Why not? I bet it's got I don't a real have any idea. Let's yeah, but it does too. You know, Kenneth, as many times as we've watched Pirates of the yeah. Caribbean, and I know they've said it because they'd say, oh, I think they just say, take the wheel. We should know this. We should. Uh, uh, but yeah, th- that scene, the silhouette of the dead captain in like agony looks horrifying. The Renfield scene at the bottom of the stairs horrifying. And like I said, the the small, tiny monologue of Renfield talking about the rats is uh, fantastic. It's called a helm. A helm. Take the take the helm. I like to get home. That's nope. Too much of a stretch. Is it? Yeah. Head yeah. helm. That's too much of a stretch. Yeah, no. Yep. Well, blow me. Um. <laughs> uh. So you're totally right. We should have known that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. For real. Jay, what yes. is your favorite scene from this movie? End credits. God damn it. <laughs> um. Oh, let's see. Is it, is it, I'm trying to, is it Martin? I like every time Martin's on screen. I think he's like the greatest comic relief ever in a movie. Is that the uh, orderly? Yeah. The super British orderly. Yeah. I love that guy. Him and his mustache. Who would eat flies? You, you loony. 
<laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna have to give it give it all to uh, any scene where Renfield is crazy. Those are all highly entertaining when he's freaking out and stuff. Yeah, I honestly think uh, I, I I don't. This might be blasphemy to some people, but I think Renfield is better in this movie than Dracula. I, I think Dwight Fry did a better job in this movie than Lugosi. I know everyone talks about Lugosi, like his acting in this movie, but like, I, I think Dwight Fry did a better acting job. Um, he also, I think had better material to work with. Cause you got to be crazy. Um, uh, but I think, I think, I think Renfield deserves more respect in this movie than people give him. So, uh, does anyone have a worst scene? Because I actually do have a worst scene. I do. Okay. The opening credits. God damn it, Jay. <laughs> He's just taking a page out of your book. <laughs> oh, fuck. I knew this would come back and haunt me. Why? It's not my fault Nightmare on Elm Street is a terrible movie. Okay? Well, it's not my fault that you're stupid. But... <laughs> hey, G- Kenneth told me earlier. suck a dick. Kenneth told me earlier I'm not stupid. You both could suck a dick. A lot of dick Each other's. Yawk is sixty nine. We can scissor only if um, only if Reese watches. Oh, if she's got to watch. Kayla's got to watch. Right? Yeah, that's okay. fine. They can judge. I can't us. do it alone. And you'll just hear my hear the smacking with me with <laughs> camera in the corner. <laughs> oh man, we can't have a sex tape scandal for Kill the Cast. Why uh, not? Or we can. Or or we can. Okay. Kenneth. We'll just add it to the list of references on the back of the business card. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth. And don't tour in our sex tape. It's not out there. <laughs> don't look for it. It is not a the sex end. tape that people. Okay. So you, what's your. The end. Oh, me too. Kenneth, man. We didn't even talk about this movie together beforehand either. Uh, what's your reason for not liking the end? Dude, it fucking pissed me off, man, that there wasn't. There should have been more to Dracula's death. You know, I, number one, I mean, I understand that they didn't put the, 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 the graphics and everything into his death because of the times. But at the same time, man, I mean, they could have at least had the camera on his face okay, when you but, heard. But at least uh, this scene gave us the Bon Jovi classic shot through the heart. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't I mean, because that's what that's about. Are you sure? I mean, because... All you hear is, you know, the rock hitting the stake and then the moaning. That's all you hear, man. I mean, it's just like, you know, this this is a, a fucking creature that's been alive for God knows how long. That already has made a fucking, you know, a a, a reference in, in, in the movie about, you know, death being glorious. But yet there's, that's it. And then the Mina just comes out of it, and that's the end of the movie. I thought it was weak. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no bang. There's no impact. It just kind of shows up, happens, and then we leave. Like there, right. the ending is a very, very down note where um, you, nothing happens. There's no. There's barely a fight. Um, I, I'm in agreement with my the scene I dislike the most. I do like the the scene of Mina and John Harker reacting to the sounds of Dracula being killed but uh, right when i realized oh man i really like that i also realized oh shit the movie's over and it didn't feel satisfying 
Right. And especially for, you know, for them to change the story and completely take out the whole battle sequence when they go back to Transylvania. And then you're going to end it with that. Yeah, I'm 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 with you, Uh, Jay. That was probably limitations of the time, though. Yeah, I agree. But either way, like I said, I mean, if all right, if you're going to omit that out because of limitations of the time, I get it. Okay, but still, there should have been more drama to the end of it. I honestly think because I completely I agree. agree with Jerry. Yeah, I so, completely. Agree. Jay, do yes. you have an actual worst scene? Um, I kind of agree with you guys. The okay, ending the was ending... like so anticlimactic. I uh, that just added to my disappointment. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. So let's talk about. The vampire lore that is in this movie. We have a lot of classics. Uh, Crosses, coffins with native soil, transformation into bats and wolves, mirrors, wolf's bane. I tell you what, I tell you what, I did like since I obviously can't blame them for not having a wolf transformation sequence or trying to use a trained wolf in the 30s. I did like that they they got that in there by just having him say, "Oh my God, that giant dog's running across the yard!" Like that was that was perfect for the time. It was a perfect way to to represent that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Wolfsbane missed, um, having a human slave drinking blood. Obviously, uh, the influence in mind control, which I thought the the scene where he tried to mind control Helsing, I thought that scene was amazing. Um, because yeah. if you really look at Helsing, you can kind of tell he's resisting and, and putting up a mental fight. Um, sunlight, stake through the heart, stake through the heart, stake through the heart, love of Bon Jovi, living for centuries like this, like this is all big vampire things and vampire lore. I mean, basically the only things we don't see are fangs. Um, we are referenced to the bite holes on the neck that we'd never really, uh, see them. Um, we know he lives through centuries. Um, we also we don't see any garlic referenced in this one. We only have Wolfsbane, which I think Wolfsbane makes way more sense than than fucking garlic. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, this is kind of off the subject of of all the lore, but I just wanted to ask you if you noticed this. Did you notice this? How much the Renfield character in in Coppola's movie looked like the Van Helsing from the 31 version? I did not until right now. Now, yeah, think about it. Put them both in your head. Though I also want to say, uh, Jay, that post you made on on Facebook saying the new <laughs> Ghost in the Shell movie looked good while showing a picture of Helsing was perfect. I was like, oh my god, he does look like Bato. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, oh my god, it's the dude from Ghost in the Shell. Um, but <laughs> yes, uh, I did notice how he, he that that the Renfield and Coppola's, which one of the things I hated the most about Coppola is Renfield. They fucking ruined Renfield. Renfield is, is amazing. Like, in this movie, his transition is amazing. He goes from being this smart man who's confident, who's telling these, these stupid superstitious folklore uh uh, natives of Transylvania, like, no, I gotta go. Put my bag back on the thing. I gotta, I got business to attend to. I'm making that money. Uh, cash rules everything around me. Wu Tang forever. Like he is about. It. <laughs> um, and, and then he goes from being this smart man to being this like anxiety ridden, 
husk of a man who's just like shot out. He like just gone. Like that transformation is amazing. And in in Coppola one, I'm like, what like what did this ha- like did you li- like what the fuck? It literally reminds me of the the fucking uh the the it mini TV series with fucking Pennywise showing up in the moon to tell uh I have white hair and I wear leather jackets still in the crazy house to go do his bidding and kill the kids. Like it reminded me of that. Henry just, Bowers. Yeah, Henry Bowers. Like it reminded me of the Henry Bowers scene in it, and I just, I just hated the how they did that to him. Renfield is such a fucking boss in the original 1931 Universal Dracula. Damn it. Yeah. I got Damn really it. upset. Wait, wait, wait. But in the book, he talks to him in the moon. Okay, well, fuck you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just um, sorry. I had to throw that in there with your rant that it's the same in the book. Yeah. So, also, okay, so let's... Uh, I want to hit, like, a couple of scenes that I thought were really good to see how y'all thought about it uh there's a scene where they first see the marks on mina's neck or well they see it we don't really see it and uh the and it goes what could have caused the marks professor and right then the maid introduces dracula it was perfect like perfect time for him to come in and fucking you know did put did, up some static yeah did but did anyone feel like oh come on guys that was kind of cheesy like it works for me but jay did you feel it like maybe it was a little too cheesy uh, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really feel one way or the other about it. It didn't have negative okay. or positive okay. reaction to it. It was just part of the movie. So what about this? I scene? mean, it was, it was hella convenient, but yeah. okay. <laughs> besides so, that. All right. So what about this scene? Uh, when Dracula says, I never drink wine, there's this very small, pause between drink and wine that i've always thought yes. was amazing he's like i never drink wine wine yeah like i've always thought that was like a fucking perfectly executed thing like it there was is... absolutely uh kenneth are, are, are you with us on that no he's asleep no i'm not asleep um i think it was i don't know it's a there's certain scenes in the movie that I find it very difficult to not, you know, it's like, it's like when I watch this, it automatically makes me think about the other. And, and I try, and I really try not to do that, you know, uh, but it's kind of hard. And the way that he did it, it kind of, it reminded me of Gary Oldman's performance, you know, or I guess what would say cor- correctly is Gary Oldman's performance reminds me of Bela Lugosi's, but the, that's kind of what it reminded me of, but it was still for Bella Lugosi's acting and for the times it was, it was, it was pretty spot on and it definitely gives the, the, I don't know, I guess the feeling that he's trying to to project out of it. Yeah. Um, another thing that I always thought, uh, was really funny in the beginning of this movie. Um, the, the village people are trying to explain the local lore to the outsider and the outsider who's more civilized Blows it off as superstition. Um, Clearly. That's well, all it is. It's just superstition. It's just a castle. Calm down. And then he gets up there and he gets fucked. Um, and, Literally. And, yeah. Um, and, by the brides. No. He loved it. No, that was the wrong movie. 
Um, <laughs> so, but that is interesting. Though. Did you, okay, so apparently the studio told them that they did not want to have Dracula drinking from Renfield um, because of gay. Yeah, gay subtext. They literally sent an email that said Dracula to only attack they, women. They, they an sent email. an email yeah, in the 30s? <laughs> they sent it. They, I'm sorry. They, yeah. Uh, uh, they met a Time Lord, you know. A studio note. <laughs> yeah. An so, internal they, memo. Yeah, they sent, they, they, they sent a note. So I just thought that, that was very interesting because I don't even see it as, as gay. Like, it's not like Freddy. It's not like A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Ooh, that's um, true. Which is the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, so, okay. So, we've talked about this movie. We've talked about favorite scenes, acting, pacing, all of that. We've went on uh, like seven different branching conversations. So, let's get into rating this movie. One through five. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and just do mine. Mine's a three. I like the movie. I would With a better ending, this movie would have been a four. Um, a Dwight Dwight Fry's performance, honestly, between it and the Lugosi performance, really hold this movie up. I like it. It's it's not. It's probably not in my top three of the Universal horror movies, but it's probably definitely in my top. You know, five or six. Isn't there only five or six of them? No. We we have no. like twenty other movies for you to watch. Uh, well, mm-hmm. my set only has what eight movies, so yeah, that's a good point. Um, but so yeah, it's a solid three out of five. I like the movie. Um, if it would have had a better ending, it would have been a four. I really like it. So um, we're gonna save Jay for life. Kenneth, where are you at? <laughs> I'm at like three point five. Three point five. Yeah, is it, that's is about it, where I'm at. Is it because, like, is it pretty much the same as me? Like, like uh, Renfield and Dracula are amazing, and if it would have had a better ending, it would have been a four. I gave it the point five because I really like Van Helsing. Okay. I really did. I thought the guy that played Jonathan Harker was kind of eh. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and after what I learned about him, you know, he, he really wasn't that into it anyway. Um, you know, I thought the chick that played Mina, same thing. I, I was just, I wasn't really impressed. Um, Lucy only being in it for a short amount of time. I really wasn't impressed with her either. So I, uh, but I really enjoyed Van Helsing. So I give it, I, I gave it that extra 0. 0.5. Um, and yeah, the, that I'm in agreement with you. The only reason why it's in the higher is because the ending was so weak. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jay, what is your rating for Dracula? Two. One for Renfield, one for Dracula. Okay, so <laughs> a, a two is I don't like it, um, but uh, Jay does respect it. He understands how important this movie is to, to horror history, but just because you understand the importance of the movie does not mean you have to like it. Um, and I can respect that. I, I'm that way with a lot of movies like The Shining and... Um, I guess a nightmare on Elm street. Cause people say that it's, it has a significance. I don't see it, but whatever. Um, I just wanted, I just had jab Jay one more time. Okay. So, mm. uh, you probably are never going to watch it again. Huh? Jay? Probably not. I hope maybe one day you'll at least maybe check out the Spanish version. We should make Jay maybe. watch some of the hammer it, horror movies. 
I want to watch those. Those yeah. are the ones from the seventies and shit. Yeah, I've oh, seen way more of my speed. I can hook. We can we can do some hair, hammer horror. I've got them. I can hook you up. I have. You like, got them digital, or do you have? Plus, them? I love Christopher Lee. Um, yeah, I've got um like all the Universal horror movies, and like I want to say all of the Hammer horror movies, or at least all the Dracula ones. I have. I know I have like all the Dracula ones. So I, I can. Because there is a lot of Hammer films, dude. All right. Well, that'll be good. Okay, so oh, uh, let's watch watching. like. Christopher Lee's Dracula and other such things. We we, we can do that. Um, so we're going to uh, cut to a clip of Renfield's Rats quotes, and we will be right back to finish out the episode. He came and stood below my window in the moonlight, and he promised me things, nothing words, but by doing them. Doing them? By making them happen. A red mist spread over the lawn, coming on like a flame of fire. And then he parted it. And I could see that there were thousands of rats with their eyes blazing red, like his, only smaller. And then he held up his hand, and they all stopped. And I thought he seemed to be saying, Rats, 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 thousands, millions of them, all red blood, all these will I give you, if you will obey me. Alright everyone, we are about to get out of here, but before we do, we want to talk about our next episode. Previous episode, we said you were either getting Dracula or Alien vs. The Thing, depending on time. You got Dracula, which means the next episode is Alien vs. The Thing, We've got a showdown in the Horror Coliseum. And we're going to see what is the greatest sci-fi horror movie of all time. Is it going to be Ridley's Alien or Carpenter's The Thing? Let them fight. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I know everyone else is. We've been putting in a lot of work um, getting ready for this episode. So we hope you join us for that. And we hope... Uh, start placing bets now. Um, I'll probably do a poll right before the episode comes up for us to see who will win in the Horror Coliseum. Alien versus The Thing. Uh, does anyone have any last parting words? Jay. Um, okay. No. <laughs> no. Kenneth. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I've actually got some this time. Um. Oh, shit. Yeah. Be, stay tuned for, uh, uh, Stay tuned for our next one when you uh, for the alien versus the thing, because I'm 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 very stoked about it. Um, I've been looking forward to it. Alien is actually my favorite of the two, um, but I, I, I well, that's that. Wait. You've ruined the show. 
No, I haven't. We got so much shit that we got to talk about about these two. I was going to say, I think uh, everyone knows that John Carpenter's The Thing is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, nobody knows what mine is, suckers. Oh, Jay will be the mystery here. Jay's going to be the... I feel like Jay might end up being a tiebreaker for us. Well, he doesn't have... Well, I guess we'll find out. But... <laughs> You know, like I said, I, re- I I really hope that we can get as many downloads on this one, for, especially for the work that we're putting on it. But on top of that, I mean, I think I think that these two movies deserve the listens from as many people as many people in our audience that are willing to listen to it. Yeah. So tell your friends. Um, you know what? In fact, actually, um, I have a copy of John Carpenter's The Thing on Blu-ray that I'll that I'll, I'll give away for this for that show. Um. I'll probably do it in the. I'll probably do it in the Facebook group or something. I'll figure it out. It's just the basic bare bones version, because um, I got my Scream Factory version. And I don't need the bare bones version anymore. So uh, we'll give away a copy of John Carpenter's The Thing. So come for that. Come to see which one of these heavyweights will win in the Horror Coliseum. Uh, thank you for joining us for this. We'll see you in the Facebook group to talk about Dracula, what your thoughts are on it are, um, how Jay is wrong, how... Uh, right, right, how Jay is right. No, I definitely right. said wrong. Uh, right. How how Kenneth really needs to understand that the thing is better than Alien, and uh, that I'm just... Uh, oh, fucking I'm just I'm just super sexy, and that's all you need to know. I got my purple flannel on. I'm looking good. Uh, I'm trying to fuck guys, specifically. Can you lick my balls? Uh, maybe. Uh, so is are they phantasm balls? Are they like the, mm-hmm. the what was it? Was it phantasm three that the chick had the them in the boobs? It don't matter. I got balls of clank. Balls of clay. Balls that clank. Balls that clank. I was like balls of clay. What the fuck are you, Lilith? Okay, so. I don't know. We're getting out of here. We're done, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can find us on Facebook.com slash KillTheCast, Facebook.com slash group slash KillTheCast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher. We are on YouTube. You can find us in all those places by typing in KillTheCast. You can also find us on Podbean.com. That is wrong. It's KillTheCast.Podbean.com. So thank you for being the... Oh, what Listen, the fuck, Jay? If, no, 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 this is good. I'm sorry. If any of you listeners are going to be at Emerald City Comic Con on Sunday, I'll be there. You can come say hi. You got to find me, though. So good luck. Yeah, because most of you might not know what he looks like because his <laughs> his Facebook icon's a fucking eyelash. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, Jay, you'll have your uh, your the Kill the Cast business cards with you, won't you? I will, and I'll be handing them out to anybody I think is interested in horror, whether they're at a horror icon's booth or whatever the case may be. He's going to see a guy in a fedora, and he's gonna be like, oh, shit, you're into Freddy? And the kid's going to be like, that shit's gay. I'm into My Little Pony. And Jay's going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yep, first step, business cards. Next step, T-shirts and stickers. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'll probably have uh, the... Uh, prototypes of the t-shirts up and running soon um but i you know i gotta put them up buy one test it out first so soon um but that's it listen to us degenerates of the night what podcast 
we make. Why, he's mad. Look at his eyes. Why, the man's gone crazy. <laughs>